Welcome into Elephant in the Room, part of Roll Tide Pods with Jay Coker. I'm Mick Gillespie, Disrupt the Media. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're, the, we're not the elephant in the room this week. I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Jake's in his office. But before we talk about Alabama, the win over Kentucky, leading into the Iron Bowl, a lot to in the you know, get into as far as the college football playoff, let me remind you guys that we're brought to you by my bookie, mybookie.ag used the, the um, promo code next round. And when you do that, you're going to get up to 50% price match to $1,000. So if you're making your picks, maybe you're like me. You're hot as a $2 pistol after all the losing, a 5-0 and week. If I'd have taken that 5-0 and and put it on mybookie.ag, just think. Instead of being in this cabin in Gatlinburg, I might be in uh, a suite in New York City. I may be <laughs> up in Vegas right now and <laughs> on the top floor of, of uh, the, the Cosmopolitan. Who knows? But uh, you guys check it out. He's uh, Jake Coker again. I'm Mick Gillespie. Jake, we're not in the same spot, man. I miss seeing you in person, but uh, roll tide and – what a great game for Alabama. Jalen Milrow's a, a record setter, man. Man, he's a new guy. He's a, he's a different guy. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep taking credit for uh, for giving him some support. And, uh, you know, call it like it is. He's he's a guy that, you know, started slow and, and uh, had all the potential in the world. Now he's kind of showing it off. Uh, man, the, just his wheels changes the whole game. And, and uh Again, when you when you can throw it and run it like that, it, it makes it damn near impossible to stop, as you can see, based on a performance Saturday and the last few weeks. You're talking about back-to-back weeks where the guy has set Alabama records. Four touchdowns for a quarterback, that's the first time that ever happened. Then three touchdowns running, three touchdowns throwing. First time an Alabama quarterback's ever done that. I mean, you got to be jealous of this guy. <laughs> no, hey. Hey, I love it. You know, it starts off, starts the season in, in kind of the same manner that I did. Uh, you know, you're just taking constant hell from the media and uh, eventually, <laughs> you know, towards the end of the year, uh, you know, you got as much, but all the potential in the world to uh, come out and do what Alabama does under Coach Saban and, and win a national championship. And, uh, you know, it, he's had a hell of a year much better than I had, and, and I couldn't be more proud of him. Well, you were on him early. I mean, you, you, you believed in him early. There's just so much pressure in the quarterback spot at the University of Alabama. And, I mean, I can name every single guy since Nick Saban arrived, from John Parker Wilson to Jalen Milrow. I mean, you guys are, are beloved in the state, but you're also criticized when things aren't going well. And for him, you know, he came in after – Back to back to back to back guys are like stars in the NFL. I mean, look what two oh, yeah. is doing every week, and, and Jalen Hurts yeah. is like the highest paid guy, you know. And then, <laughs> and 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 it was tough for him at first, uh, maybe because of high expectations. And honestly, he does still have some limitations reading and and the short pass, but he's getting better and better each week. Uh, you can see him growing with the position. And then the other things that we got to keep reminding everyone: he's only a sophomore. Yeah, I mean, this is his third year playing college football. Uh, and, and, you know, we've talked about it before. And uh, like you said, I think when he was 
seem to be a little hesitant to run. I, I, you know, we talk about it being an injury possibly. Uh, now that you see the full arsenal of Jalen Milrow, uh, good luck stopping him. I mean, the touchdown passes that he had out of the pocket this week, you know, making moves, creating more time. Uh, the defense tried to react to it, and it opens up everything downfield, and he's got the ability to make all those throws on the run. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, you start to look at it, look at the Heisman front runners, look at Jalen Milrose numbers. He, he missed an entire game, and he's still right there where he could have padded his stats pretty good against South Florida um, had he been playing the way that he has played uh, later on in the season. So uh, he's still getting – a little bit of negative press, but, you know, as far as the numbers go, he's as good as anybody in the country. Well, he's starting to get mentioned in that Heisman race, and I, I still don't think he's going to win. I don't even know if he'll get invited to New York, but the fact that he's in the conversation really goes to show how great his games have been here lately and the team's winning. And it helps the team to have him in that conversation because if Alabama keeps winning and everyone else keeps winning, now I know some of the teams ahead of Alabama are going to play each other, but it helps having the star quarterback, the star player, as far as trying to convince people that you belong in the college football playoff. And look, if Alabama wins out and they beat Georgia – there's still no guarantee that yeah. they're going to be in the playoff. And, I, and I've been in this argument. It's, it's close. If they get in, it's going to be the, the skin of their teeth. And if they don't, it's, they're going to be out by that. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Usually you hope the team you lose to, uh, you know, has a good year and kind of shows off your strength of schedule. But it's very odd this year. You know, we're, we lose to Texas, and now we hope they lose – as many games as possible between now and the end of the year uh, because they may potentially take our spot if we're both, you know, sitting there at the end of the year with one loss apiece. It's really crazy to think about uh, because this we've never seen anything like this before. Five unbeaten teams right now going into week 11 of a 12-game schedule. And then, you know, there's a, a group of one-loss teams – Alabama wins every single week. The get the games keep getting more convincing, including a drumming of Kentucky on Saturday, which I think we all well, I know we I saw it coming. Um and and you still sit at eighth in the polls, which is crazy. You know, this is one of those things I, I remember when I was playing, we were I think after we lost to Ole Miss, we were number twelve. And um Honestly, I don't even know if we looked at those at the college football playoff standings at all um, with that confidence that if we won out and won the SEC championship, we would be in it, you know, without having to worry about it at all. Um, now, this is a little bit different, and I think you do have to hold off until the week after the SEC championship. Obviously, I mean, um, that's when the, the polling will come out, but uh, – this is definitely the most up-in-the-air year. I've always said that there's really only ever two teams that are dominant enough to, to be in the playoff anyway, you know, without any hesitation. This year is just a little different. Now, I would say I, I think Georgia and Alabama, Georgia especially, uh, given the season that they've had, I mean, they're far and away better than all the teams that they've played. Uh, Alabama's at that point now. But, again, you've got week three, and that's, that's the trouble with – and I 
that's the trouble with not having a quarterback at the beginning of the year that that mm-hmm. is a name starter. It's an absolute uh, decision by the entire team. All right, this guy's our starter. You have to fill that out and figure it out. And sometimes, uh, you know, you're well, you're going to have rough games at the beginning of the year, but sometimes you just can't overcome that with this kind of competition. Yeah, very good point. Guys, I want to remind you as you hang out with us that uh, we're brought to you by Lance's Lock, lanceslock.com. As you uh, look at these last couple weeks of college football, or right now is a great time for college basketball. That's heating up. Amazon's off to a 2-0 and start. A lot of big games around the country taking place, the NFL. Uh, check out lanceslock.com to uh, help you make those picks as we kind of get into the most exciting time of the year for sports with, uh, you know, the college football uh, postseason and uh, rivalry week and everything else. That's Lance'sLock.com. What did you think about the Kentucky game? Alabama went in there. They ran the football. uh, They scored uh, 21 quick points. Milrow took a a shot to, you know, the leg. It looked like a Charlie horse got him, but it didn't really – do a whole lot to, to slow him down. And uh, I thought Alabama did a great job of mixing up who got the football. They dealt with some injuries, but that didn't matter at all. I uh, love seeing Nye Black and Dupree make the plays that they made. And then, um, you know, uh, Prentice was big for Alabama as well. Yeah, you know, this is one of those years, again, textbook Coach Saban's favorite kind of team, uh, flying under the radar, no no real heroes in the media. Uh, Jalen's becoming one. Uh, but you love to see all these young guys figuring it out. And in the next, you know, one, two years, uh, some of these guys are going to be on the Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley uh, type level. And uh, so Coach Saban, man, I hope he he's going to enjoy the, sh- the hell out of this team this year. <laughs> and, uh, and next year he's going to be battling all the NIL off the field noise and all that. And, and hopefully this team's got it, you know, together to keep that kind of attitude that they've got this year for years to come. Uh, I don't think it'll be hard to do if we don't make it to the playoff this year, but, uh, you know, and I hope we do. I hope we do. hope we make it. hope we win. But we'll find out a lot about the culture of this team moving forward with the success that they have. This is the most boring week of the season, right? Because you got to wait a week before you really get into the Iron Bowl. Um, And because it's two weeks from now, you got Chattanooga on Saturday. You know better than to look ahead of Chattanooga, even though you and I both know it's just basically a scrimmage. And um, you you have to sit around and and just ponder. And, and, you know, we could go break the Kentucky game down. But when you win 49 to 21 and the 21 points that the other team scored really could have been prevented. I mean, that two of them came on mistakes, you know, and then one was in trash time. Uh, It was complete domination by Alabama on a decent Kentucky team, but not on Alabama's level. The thing that I liked about it was, I mean, we came out hot. And usually, yeah, I mean, when you come out hot and, and have all the momentum, it just you just kind of steamroll a team that you're much better than. Uh, but then when we come out and uh, Kool-Aid drops the punt, and I'm thinking, oh, man, here we go. This is this is the start of us playing like shit. And then they come <laughs> back in a game like Arkansas, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think – well, I think they may have scored after that. And then we continue to just steamroll them after that. And so – 
uh, it was good to see us, you know, have a mishap there on, on punt return and then collect ourselves and keep playing dominant football. What we're going to do with, uh, as far as punt returns go, I mean, that still seems to be the only lingering issue that, that we have, to be honest with you. I mean, that's the only thing when I watch a game, I'm like, man, that, you know, we were texting Saturday, uh, you know, us and Ryan, and, and that was kind of the only, only thing that stuck out as far as being a, a real issue that, you know, we've seen all year. I don't think now, he like, wants to. Like you said, it's the hard, one of the hardest. It is. Know, one of the hardest positions to play in, in football is catching that punt. And, uh, I mean, Kool-Aid, he's a hell of a player. Uh, but you know, that's a, that's a position that if not done correctly, can really hurt you, especially in big time moments. He just looks hesitant. Um, and I know they kick away from him and Saban's taken up for him. He doesn't want Kool-Aid to lose his, his confidence, but it's, it's a spot that is becoming one that you worry about with this football team, you know, and I don't know what the other options are, if there are any other options for guys, but I've said it before, you know, that position's like driving in Talladega, you know, and then you get into that, that those last three turns are uh, those last three laps and you get into that third turn and there's accidents and, and you got to be able to drive through it and you got to drive like it doesn't happen, but you know, in the back of your head, it happens, right? And that's that's like punt returns, you know. Oh, so well, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of Jackass, but I, when I was a young, when I was young, I used to always, you know, get my brother, or my dad to throw, throw me punts, and I'd catch them, and my brother tried to tackle me and all that, and I thought it was cool and fun, and you know, it'd be awesome to be a punt returner. And then I saw Jackass, the movie where Johnny Knoxville catches kick returns and tries to run them against the whole USC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> like the third rep. He's got a concussion and he's out. <laughs> that was the end of my punt return dreams. <laughs> and then I witnessed a few bad ones and I was like, man, thank God I wasn't blessed with the athletic ability to be a punt returner. <laughs> no, no. He returned one on Saturday and he, and he did great at it. I mean, but, uh, he, all he wants to do is just fair catch it. <laughs> I mean, like, you can tell. He just is like, give me the fair catch, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, it's over there. Hey, let that ball roll, you know. You gotta, I don't know. I, 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 I hold my breath for him every time the ball's kicked that way. But Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is, and it's, we're, we're joking around now, but, you know, if that happens in the SEC championship against Georgia, it could I, be I can't bad. remember what the stats are. We used to go over them all the time, but uh, turnovers on special teams, man, that'll uh, – that – that will lose a game when, when teams are pretty competitive from a talent standpoint, you turn it over on special teams and your odds of winning crash. Oh yeah. Yep. You're exactly right. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys have any openings uh, at the bank in mobile, but um, someone that you're friends with is uh, out of a job today. And um, you know, maybe you could help over there. Actually he's owed enough money where he could probably buy the bank and sit next to you and work. But I'm talking about Jimbo, your, your former coach at Florida state. Uh, he's owed $76 million and they, they fired him and basically had, what, like six years left on his contract. And they're like – they said the program was stuck in neutral uh, on his way out. So uh, let go. Uh, David Arnett also fired from um, Mississippi State. I, I Honestly, I, he was a bad fit uh, because he's just a bad fit, you know. But the um, – but 
Jimbo, well, that's a ton of money, man. What your thoughts on that? What did you feel like when you saw that this morning? Well, uh, the Mississippi State one, yeah. I mean, when you've got Will Rogers, he's historically one of the best quarterbacks that ever played at Mississippi State. So you got to win more games than that with a guy like him behind center. Um, as far as A uh, and M, yeah, you know he, Jimbo, he what he did at Florida State was, you know, he brought brought Florida State back from irrelevance to a national title in 2013 and uh, kind of had a dip there towards the end of his career at Florida State. Had a lot of quarterback issues, but said E.J. Manuel uh, going the first round, Jameis obviously in the first round, Christian Ponder in the first round, seen as uh, the quarterback whisperer, and, and he's he's a hell of a quarterback's coach. He really is great at developing and, and teaching and uh, – Somehow, I, you know, I don't know if it was a cultural issue or, or maybe maybe football is, is kind of past, the times have passed him with, uh, you know, the, the hurry up offense and the no huddle and and, uh, you know, all of misdirection. I remember we played. Uh, we were on a plane to fly somewhere or fly back and I will I won't mention the, the school it was, but. Uh, just say they were very well known for for hurry up, a lot of misdirections, and he was like, "Man, that's he's like that's Harry High School bullshit." <laughs> so, so we're not gonna be doing any of this anytime soon. <laughs> Harry High School. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. You know, he, Jimbo likes to he likes to get you lined up and beat people on scheme and. And uh, he loves football. I mean, you know, obviously loves football and a great mind. And he was going to beat you the way he wanted to beat you and dominate you physically. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if uh, college football will ever go back to that with, with what we're seeing now. But uh, needless to say, it worked for him. And he's got a couple, a couple generations worth of wealth now. So, uh, <laughs> I think he, uh, I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> do you, um, do you, do you have any investment suggestions for uh, Jimbo now that he's, you know, probably going to be looking at stuff outside of football? Uh, yeah, I'd like for him to to buy a couple uh, large large business entities and call me about their insurance. That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny! I, I I'll tell you, man. My thoughts were um, now that you you he said all that bad stuff about Nick Saban being God and everything. I don't know if Nick will put him in the program, the rehabilitation program. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and when you're making seven and a half million a year for uh, what the next seven years, is that right? Yeah, something oh, like it, that. It, yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think he loves Texas. He loves deer hunting. He I, he might be an analyst with EJ on the ACC network there for a little <laughs> while, and uh, you know, commute on the weekends and and hang out at the at the uh, hunting camp for a few years. Well, what do you think Texas A&M is going to do for a new coach? Somebody was saying uh, Urban Meyer brought up Urban Meyer pretty hot and heavy, but I, surely to I mean, I think the goal and and firing him this early. Uh, 
you know, surely they had somebody in mind. They don't want to get behind in the recruiting uh, aspect of the program. Right. Um, makes me think they've got somebody they're going to announce here pretty soon uh, just to fill that void, you know, before the end of the year and, and they can get ready for a signing day in February. Yeah. Yeah, and they're jumping ahead, and then I'm sure that's why Mississippi State was like, we, we you know, we fought, fell behind already. We, we were getting rid of our guy first, and now these guys beat us to it. Uh, I think for Mississippi State, they got to go after one of these rehabilitation coach projects, you know, like a Bobby Petrino or um, – uh, the, what's the guy's name at Jacksonville State? Rich Rodriguez. You know, somebody that's had success that, that can go in and say, hey, man, I, I these teams. I can do this. Instead of trying to find the upper, you know, it's almost like you can catch guys that had their ears stopped because of, you know, if something might not necessarily be success or failure on the football field or somebody that have had success and then, then took another job and then didn't have it but can go there like, like Dan Mullen or maybe Dan Mullen. Do you think, you think Dan Mullen go back there again? Uh, yeah, no. Dan, you know, I, I think <clears throat> I think you go with a proven commodity. Um, now, Dan Mullen at A&M, I don't think that's a risk they would take just due to the recruiting issues that, that occurred at Florida. Now, I don't think he'd do that again. Uh, Mississippi State, if I'm them, I'm jumping all over Dan Mullen again, just seeing if he'd – he'd come back and join them. You know, I, I doubt he's going to be based on what we saw at Florida. I doubt he's going to be a hot commodity at, at a big, big program right now. He's going to have to go through some rehabilitation. I think Mississippi state would be a good, good option for him. Uh, A&M when they brought in Petrino, um, I thought maybe the plan would be for him to slowly take over uh, if Jimbo didn't perform and, and, I'm looking at it now like that might be a pretty viable option. Him, maybe an Urban Meyer. Uh, uh, you know, outside of that, I don't really know who else you'd go for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, popular coordinators right now that that would be of interest, but – to me, you either got to go try to get the go the Urban Meyer route or the Bobby Petrino route. But the last thing you want, I mean, you remember that Auburn debacle a few years ago when prior to hi- hiring uh, Ryan Harson. Uh, this day and age, you just can't wait around and and uh, and try to find that perfect guy. You better have it figured out before you know you put your cards down. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, great hanging out with you guys here on the Elephant in the Room as we talk Alabama football. Make sure that you like and subscribe. Be part of what we're doing here at Disrupt the Media. And uh, Jake and I get together twice a week. And uh, this is a, the rare week when we're not together. But uh, you guys are enjoying the uh, sunset in the mountains behind me uh, as as we talk. It's getting chilly up here, too. Um, that was kind of a shocking, you know, a shocking development, to uh, to say the least. Could Could your former – Offensive coordinator Lane Kiffin possibly be in the mix for that Texas A&M job. His name gets mentioned for every opening there there ever is. Oh man, I tell you, if uh, if he ends up taking the A&M job, I can't imagine the tweets that he's going to be, you know, <laughs> composing, you know, directed at Jimbo. Uh, but you know, again, this this week kind of showed. I think I think Lane is. You know, I know some of his – I think his daughter's at Ole Miss. I think he 
really enjoys being at Ole Miss. Uh, but I think he's also kind of taken Ole Miss as far as they can go. I think 10 wins is – they may have an, uh, you know, a, a year where where they exceed expectations, but uh, Ole Miss is one of those programs that that can't quite – to me, this is my opinion, I, I don't think they can recruit on a national scale like, you know, an Alabama – Tennessee has that potential. Florida, um, you know, schools with a big base, big alumni, and a lot of right. support. I just don't think Ole Miss is there. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And uh, so, so I mean, with like, I mean, you, again, you see the loss this weekend, uh, constantly losing those big games, uh, which are under, understandable at Ole Miss, but uh, constantly losing those big games has to wear on a coach, and kind of with that realization of. You know, am I going to be able to pay these guys enough to get them here? Yeah. It almost separates the big-time programs now from those intermediate, upper-middle echelon uh, football programs where you just can't pay guys enough to to be there. Yeah. Yep, yep. I agree with you. The NIL money is crazy at Texas A&M. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, I I wouldn't take anything off the table. I don't think – I don't think these coaches – I mean, you – again, he's got ties to Ole Miss now with his daughter being there, but um, those losses just got to add up and got to affect you at some point. I mean, either you're coaching to win or coaching for money, you know? Right, right, no doubt. So, uh, Alabama is eighth right now in the poll – um, let's just talk about some scenarios and, um, you know, and how they could work out for Alabama. We know that Michigan and Ohio state are going to play, right? So that's going to take care of one of them. And then, uh, Oregon and Washington are going to eventually play again. They've already played once, but there's a chance that they could lose in the regular season. I mean, they still have some tough games left. Oregon state's a pretty good football team and they both have to play them. So that so that could help Alabama. Florida State, um, you know, Miami put up a fight on Saturday, but just didn't have the horses. They play Florida, and I feel like um, honestly, I feel like Billy Napier is on the bubble as far as his job's concerned too. He could use a win over a Florida State to kind of give himself some protection. I know he's only two years in, but it just doesn't feel like there's any momentum in that program. Uh, but it, but anyway, my point is for Alabama is that it's it's going to be really tough uh, for the committee to figure out who's going over Texas and Alabama if Texas wins out. And you were mentioning it before; you'd love to see them lose. But if they went out and uh, and Alabama wins out, and those other teams went out, I just don't know. Especially Washington, I, I it would be really tough to put Alabama in over a team that they lost to. Yeah, we need uh, – I think we need Washington to beat Oregon again, which is going to be very, very tough. Ole Miss, I mean, I think Michigan takes uh, Ohio State out. That's Michigan, Washington, uh, and then you just got to hope Texas loses again. Uh, you know, obviously we got to beat Georgia. Um, and if we – I mean, if we don't beat Georgia, it's over anyway, but – uh, did you see the line that came out? They, they've already, they're already coming out with the Alabama yeah. Georgia line. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. Alabama's favorite too. Because they should be, because they're going to win. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it's going right. to be fun. They're, look, they're due for a loss. I know they're a really good football team, but they're due. You know what I'm saying? You don't well, win we every too. game. We are too. And here's the thing, though: when you when we're lined up against uh, Carson Beck, I, I'd much rather play against Carson Beck than I would Jalen Milrow. Yeah, me too. Uh, Carson Beck's really good at what he does. Pretty flawless at what he does, but there's no. He's not a game breaker like Jalen Milrow is when Jalen Milrow's playing. You know his kind of game. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the other games on Saturday. Uh, maybe you had some action on them. Maybe you didn't. But um, uh, finally, a good week for me. A five and zero week. Um, <laughs> Got to brag about it. I'm not even bragging. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it got me to within striking distance of uh, respectability, but. Uh, Tennessee got absolutely destroyed by Missouri. Um, if I'm Eli Drinkowitz, I'm finishing this season and I'm going to the uh, give give me a new job because there's no chance that he could maintain this success at at Missouri. But right now they're a damn good football team. <laughs> I love Eli Drinkowitz too. You you seen his videos on signing day when he's he's celebrating getting getting uh, commits and signings. Oh, it's great. It's great. He's dancing and hugging people, and uh, you can tell it means the world to him. So he's one of those guys I pull for. I, I wasn't sure about that game this weekend. I took Tennessee uh, when, honestly, I figured this – see, this is when my theory kind of screws with me a little bit. Uh, Missouri coming off a game where they, you know, played pretty well, like really well against Georgia, hung in there and kept it in uh, single digits. But uh, took Tennessee because I couldn't believe they were favored by one. And, right. uh, you know, it killed me. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't what you were expecting. Um, I, I just – I had a friend of mine that was like he, – he's he was basically like, you, you got – they're not going to stop the running back. And the guy was – he was right. The guy's crazy. Like, he was like the fourth string running back at Truman State. I've never even heard of that before. I didn't even know there was a place like that. What did he – was he a transfer portal guy? Yeah, like, yeah, he's, and they they got him. That's the, that's the story anyway. And now all of a sudden he's like the star running back at Missouri in the in the SEC, and he's just killing it. Um, so that so that was one. Uh, Georgia dismantled Ole Miss. I knew that was going to happen. The Rebels just don't, they don't have the the beef in the trenches to win those type of physical football games. No, they don't have no. They don't have the guys up front. They don't have the depth. Uh, Jackson Dart, he's a he's a great quarterback, and and Lane's about as uh, creative as it gets. But at the end of the day, man, it comes down to the guys on the field, and and that, like I said, I mean that was one of those, you know, Lane. I, I think he loves Ole Miss, but I think that's a tough loss to swallow because I think you realize, you know, there's only so much you can do. That's kind of the defining moment. It was the biggest game of his career, and. Uh, I think he probably worked his ass off to that whole entire week to game plan and get ready. And when you're calling plays that you feel like, you know, these are, these are home runs and, and they just can't win. I think you kind of realize, man, I'm, I've kind of hit my ceiling here. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. Uh, strange officiating in Utah's loss to Washington. Some of the plays, they were, they called an offensive pass interference that was uh, very reminiscent to the Alabama-Tennessee officiating from last year. Uh, and Washington won the football game. But then Michael Penix Jr. is a great player. 
And, um, you know, and it, it's just going to be tough. They're, they're a good team. I mean, and they're going to be tough to beat. Oregon's going to be tough to beat. But um, they do play Oregon State, so we'll see what happens there. Um, you got uh, what, USC lost again uh, to Oregon. And, and, and it just feels like the, the, the uh, foundation of all of the momentum they had is crumbling, USC. And they fired their defensive coordinator because they stink oh, yeah. on defense. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about Washington to me, and they've had, had some really close games this year, um, they remind me of that old, I guess, the Big 12 of 10 years ago when, uh, you know, every game was and, – and, I mean, they're still – they're still high scoring games, but, uh, defensively, I mean, they just, you got Michael Penix Jr. You got a hell of an offense. Uh, and that's really what you have to rely on to win every game. Uh, those teams in a playoff setting to me, uh, to win two games against elite competition in a row where you have to play good on defense. Uh, you know, again, I think they're a good team. You can't keep them out of the playoff. They're undefeated, but, uh, I don't see them winning the national. They're not going to beat Georgia. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so that kind of leads us into, you know, we talked about Florida State and Miami, and then, um, you know, Alabama and Chattanooga this week um, get, you know, get healthy. We got to see extended uh, Ty Simpson this week. You know, he got to play an entire quarter uh, pretty much against Kentucky, which I thought was good, and I hope that we see him for a lot of the game against Chattanooga, yeah. just because I, I want Milrow to get the rest, and I think he needs the reps. Well, when we got up 21 nothing, I was like, man, let's let's go ahead and think about it. When he was limping around, I was like, let's please, God, not take a chance. You know, this offense is finally gelling. They understand their roles and and uh, have a feel for how Jalen plays. And, uh, you know, we're just hitting that stride now. I mean, it's good to have, have repetition and game time reps. Uh Man, you know, Jalen goes down. We're in a lot of trouble. As, I mean, as anybody in the country would know, uh, I know the the rule usually is is if we're beating the hell out of somebody in the first half, offense stays in the second half until we score. Uh, I hope we're blowing them out so bad in the first half that Coach Saban makes an exception and pulls Jalen out of there, you know, before halftime. But uh, he wouldn't like me saying that. But. Uh, <laughs> But I hope that's the case. <laughs> well, we, we made it happen today. We're going to do it again on Thursday. Any uh, final thoughts on the Alabama-Kentucky game and um, this team, you know, going into the game against Chattanooga uh, that you, you know, that just did pop to the top of your head? Uh, you know, I think that's the game right there. Not so much the LSU game last week. I thought, you know, if we played good, we'd beat LSU and we did. Uh, I wanted to see how we'd come out against a team. We know we should, should beat at 11 o'clock in the morning in Kentucky. Uh, kind of shows me where they are, uh, you know, from a maturity standpoint, this team it seems like they understand what the goal is and they know what it takes to get there. Uh, you don't hear about, unless I'm missing it, you don't hear about these players getting in trouble Saturday nights after games uh, or a whole lot of disciplinary action. I guess uh, was Jermaine Burton. He's just he's just sick, right? Yeah, he was sick. Okay, uh, you know, 
to me, it shows it just shows that we're on the right page. And, and again, I was very fearful, as you know, last week of us showing up and just shitting the bed, basically. Uh, <laughs> just due to youth, you know, due to youth and a lack of focus. Uh, but but you know, they, they proved me wrong, and I'm glad they did. I was I said there was eighty, you know, twenty percent chance we show up and and Kentucky covers and. Man, we came out there and dominated, and we looked like a veteran team. And that's that's all I wanted to see, and that's what I saw. And uh, you know, I, I said, I said, I think we we show up for one game and don't show up for the other in terms of Kentucky and Auburn. I hope I'm wrong there too. Yeah, I think we're going to be all right. Um, I think those days with this team are over. Like I said, the Vegas was off. Told you, I, I can't remember if I said it on this show or the other, the other shows, but I you said it I on just, this show too. Yeah, I see, feel like Vegas is off on this team. Like, they they were probably 11, 12, 13 points off on that spread to me. And and I was right, you know. But what, what happened was Alabama was going through that, that, you know, where they were always these heavy favorites from Vegas, but you knew that they weren't playing well on the road. Yeah. With, uh, with that, um, you know, I think Vegas has, um, you know, has basically – uh, been a little bit behind Alabama. I think that changes now. The Crimson Tide are starting to uh, to go on the road and dominate again like they used to. And and that's why I was pretty excited about the game on Saturday. They did exactly what I thought they were going to do, and it could have been a lot worse for them. So, hey, guys, don't forget, uh, we want you to be part of what we're doing here with Disrupt the Media and Roll Tide Pods. It's Elephant in the Room. Uh, we, we do the show twice a week. Make sure that you like and subscribe. We read the comments. We love the comments, man. Thank you guys so much for your support. And don't forget that we're brought to you by Lance's Lock. Uh, Lance's Lock with everything going on in sports right now, NFL, college basketball, college football. He's got them all covered. And, um, you know, when you're putting your money down, uh, you know, you're making – you know, wagers and stuff like that. You, you, you want to have a little bit of help. You just, maybe you just want a little bit more information. Uh, check out lanceslock.com and, and don't forget my bookie, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code next round up to a thousand dollars. They'll give you 50% price match. So you, you put your money down and, uh, and see what you can do. You have a big week. And, um, you know, maybe you're, you'll you go to the penthouse, which is what I think I always want to do. Uh, Jake, it's fun. Let's do it again on Thursday, man. Roll Tide. Oh, yeah. Roll Tide.